0: military you're taught to do more with less so um within business model within my business model i pretty much did the same thing and i I believe that's what kind of made me successful within my first couple years is because we really did more with less
1: if you believe we can change the narrative if you believe we can change our communities if you believe we can change the outcomes then we can change the world i'm rob Richardson. welcome to disruption now Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. Uh, my special guest here is Kern Alexander. But before I get to him, want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. That's how more people can learn about the great disruption that we're doing. Uh, they can learn more about people like Kern Alexander and some of the other great guests we've had uh, before. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, please write a review. Please like us. Uh, Again, we want to spread the word, spread the love, but we need your help, uh, fellow disruptors. So if you're watching this, you're listening to this, we appreciate your your feedback. We appreciate reviews on Apple, uh, iTunes, or if you're listening to us on Google, wherever you might be listening to us, uh, we really appreciate your support. Uh, We've had a really, really good year. We plan on having a really good uh, 2022 as well. So, all right. Uh, So uh, Kern Alexander is with the Higher Collection. He has also served our country uh, so he's a businessman, he's a serviceman, and uh, it's an honor to have him on the show. Kern, how you doing, man?
0: Oh, man, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me today, man.
1: No it's problem. No be problem. Now, a pleasure to have you. And you're out of Oakland, California, right?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, my business is based out of uh, Oakland, California.
1: All right. So how does one go from uh, serving our country, and thank you for that, to jumping into uh, owning a dispensary and like, how does that, how does that happen? How did that, that, how, did that how, how did that happen? Those, those, you know, those seem to be very how different. Did they get to collide? Yeah. I'm just curious how we start, just jump right in. Like, how, how does one do that? Like, right. how did you get there? How, how did this pass? Well,
0: well, what happened was um, I was based in California. Um, a, a lot of my career, I started my career in uh, 2007 and my first duty station was in uh, Travis Air Force Base, uh, which is in Northern California. So I kind of had roots there since about 2007. Now, throughout my time being in the military, of course, you know, you get deployed all over the place, but I've always seemed to come back to California. It was like always my place where I would come back to. So even when I got stationed overseas, I would come back. I got stationed elsewhere and I still came back. So, um, you know, I, I got out and uh, my path wasn't really paved. You know, um, at first I, I knew that, I didn't want to go back to doing what I was doing before, which is pretty much overworking myself for the government. I know I wanted to kind of take that leap of faith and get out there on my own. Um, So one of my buddies, um, he had a cannabis dispensary Um, back in the day in 2015. This was more like the medicinal model. Back so in the day, 2015.
1: That's now back in the day, but go, go ahead. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the and no, I'll space, tell you this 2015.
1: So <laughs> I know, right? Right. I tell people like, we had like uh, COVID has changed, like time. You know, there used to be ACBC. And now it's like, <laughs> and now it's like uh, uh, ACBC after COVID before COVID. Like, that's like, before that's COVID. <laughs> right. I mean,
0: we've lived. And that's a real life thing. I feel like two years of my life has just been missing. I don't even know what really, it just went so fast. You know what I mean?
1: it like two but, years. Um, I, I tell people the last two years it felt like fifteen. Like it's like man. it feels like a time warp, bro. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead.
0: Crazy, yo. but but yeah. So essentially, back in twenty fifteen, uh, it was more like a medicinal model in the cannabis space where you could have like collectives. So my buddy kind of did his thing and um, he started his collective. So he kind of hit me up and was like, "Yo, bro, what you doing? Now that you' out, you know, you should hop in the cannabis, hop in the cannabis space." At First, I was against it because my job in the military, I was a um I worked uh, intelligence. So for me, uh, you know, we kind of we I, I try to do things the right way. <laughs> right. So for me, a lot of times. So you
1: got a lot of stuff in like on the show.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. But but you know, um, getting into the cannabis space, it was just it was a it was a learning curve. So at first I didn't jump right in, you know, I was a student, I became a student to my boy learned the ways of how it actually worked. And then um, I became a patient. That's really what won me over um, to the space itself. I went into the VA. As I said, I'm 100% disabled. And they I walked out with a bag full of medicine. It may have been two bags full of medicine. A lot of it was Motrin, but a lot of it was um, upper and downer, kind of like psychotics you know, um, or psychoactive. So uh, I didn't really want to put myself through that after having to put myself through taking pills throughout my whole career already so um i actually sat down with a cannabis doctor and they gave me alternatives for ptsd alternatives for anxiety lack of sleep i wasn't sleeping um my my sleep schedule was all jacked up so so that that's really what won me over i decided to just become an advocate for it um in a positive manner you know because in uh in 2015 it was you know, uh, everybody was looking at it like, Oh my God, you're, you know, you're a drug dealer, but, but,
1: um, for real. yeah, I it's you know, how they were looking at it. I remember. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you know, for me, I had to like put a positive spin on it and, um, actually show that this drug can actually help like, and yeah. it can actually wean people off of the things that, um, people were stuck on. So, um, spoke with that well, cannabis doctor changed my life pretty much.
1: Um, I, I'm of the belief, I, you know, so, okay. sorry to interrupt you. I'm, I'm of the belief that, And it's a controversial opinion, but I believe it. Like, I I think most drugs should be legalized and and regulated because it's when it goes underground, that's when we create a new criminal element. It it, it helps Mm -hmm. that thrive. Um, I mean, there could obviously be some debates about uh, other types of drugs, but certainly, marijuana has been, has put more Black and Brown people in jail unnecessarily, unnecessarily than any other substance and it's been used as, a, as a, a reason exactly and so i what what i like about you being involved is at least now some of us are participating in the opportunity to make a return because unfortunately you are the exception to the rule um most nice. of the time we're not we're not involved in the process we don't have an opportunity to be involved in the process unless we're in jail which some of us are still in jail for crimes related to marijuana while mostly everyone else is benefiting from it. So I do applaud you for doing that.
0: And then, and then, you know, what we do too, is we try to help with education. Um, you know, because what I learned being within the space is you don't know what you don't know, you know, like you don't know those opportunities when those licenses open up, you don't know when, um, those cities become legal or like how much the actual cost is. If people knew the actual cost of things, sometimes they probably wouldn't they probably wouldn't um, run away from it, you know. Cost um, in the beginning, it it, it cost me about twenty five hundred, but now, you know, the cost has like almost tripled, quadrupled in certain places to get within the space. So, yep, um, we we try to push the education of getting in the medical space while we have the opportunity.
1: The while medical we space have was the lowest,
0: exactly, because the medical space for me was the lowest point of entry and the easiest point of entry to get in when it yeah. became recreational it was overpriced. And then uh, the barrier of entry became super high.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I- I'll tell you, it's really, when we talk about educating our community uh, and entering at the point of where the opportunity is, like you said, is really, really right. important for lots of things. Cause that's where the, that's where wealth opportunities are created. And uh, if we're ever going to really address the, the racial wealth gap, we have to mm-hmm. move on these opportunities as they present themselves. So that, that's an example that you mentioned. Uh, I'm big in the space of Web3. I don't know if we know much about Web3, but... Yep, yep, yep NFTs. Yeah, I've yeah. been, I've been so checking on it, yeah. Yeah, so we have the first black-owned NFT marketplace on the globe. Uh, it's built nice. on Flow blockchain. It's called Disrupt Art. But I say all that to say, like, I'm working to onboard people uh, because I don't want them to be excluded from this opportunity right now. It's a great time to get in. And, and uh, right. just the opportunity is just ample, right? Um mm. But it won't necessarily be that way in three to five years, uh, you know. Had you been a no, is an entry going to be way <laughs> right, too right? Long. Like this show, and,
0: I, and then even that, and then even even not the barrier entry, the misconceptions to entry will be so rampant.
1: Um, well, that's it. That that's, that's a really good time point. Time the mm-hmm. mes- the misconception to entry, and I want to get back to your point, and I'll do very quickly here. But you know, the problem that people are 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 stopping people a lot is two things. It's this block in their mind. It's either it's a uh, uh, I'm not a technical person, so I can't do that, which is not, you don't have to be a technical person. I mean, you know how email works. You're not a technical person. All you need to understand is how the things basic work one or two, everybody's saying it's a fraud. Well, I said, all right, listen, uh, it's not a fraud, but it's $17 billion has been created this year. So you, the best performing asset right now across the entire country. So, Right. If it's a fraud, you at least need to see what's going on, where people are going. Yeah, why? <laughs> right, why, why <laughs> like why? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is not a fraud, you but know. like getting people, I think that's also a trap we have in our uh, mind.
0: fair. You know, we, we do. Fear. We, we it's mentally fear. block ourselves from opportunities before we even try them. You know, like a lot of times, I, like I used to be on, in these clubhouse rooms and I would hear people like just discouraging people so much on entry into the cannabis space. And I'm like, yep. People are like, oh, you won't ever be able to get into the New York space. It's going to be too expensive. It's going- There's not even any rules. There's no rules to the space yet. What do you mean it's going to be too expensive? You know what I mean? Like there are no legislation saying what that price tag is, but it's all a mental cycle. It's
1: all a mental know? cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of trauma passed down, too. So from. Oh, both, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like so like uh, this fear has been ingrained. Uh Someone told me, mm-hmm. oh, cause
0: uh, so you got to think even with my my parents, you know, like uh, and you know, like even though I'm successful within my field, they're still like, like, you sure you want to deal with that? You know what I mean? Like, it's like a mental block. And I'm like, if they come for me, then they got to come for everybody that's doing yeah. the same thing. That's a
1: lot of people. I heard Gary B say this, like he said, our parents have been great and, and they, they teach you a lot of great things. And I'll, I'll, I'll take your values, but I'll apply my work approach and ethics. Like, because mm-hmm. we need to evolve, right? Like, we gotta Facts. we take a lot of the values about being a good person, about working hard. Yes, but we also can't take their mindset with us. We will take our mindset. Facts. We'll we take that. Take we'll, we'll, have our, we'll have our value. We'll take their values and apply our mm-hmm. mindset. Facts. And work uh, at their mindset, right? Right, because their mindset is based upon a world that they know that it probably was an accurate mindset to have when they were growing up. It made sense, right? Just the government.
0: I said the same thing about the government. I don't understand why our government is ran by 80-year-olds. They don't even understand the technology error. <laughs> like, what?
1: <laughs> well, that's because we allow it. The, the quick answer to that is that uh, when people become more involved, uh, hmm. we'll see a change. But uh, the answer to that is that 80-year-olds and 60-year-olds vote and participate all the time. All and the time, we participate right? <laughs> sometimes and Sometimes we get in power, sometimes we don't. I mean, that's the answer to we that, right? I mean, it's like, so <laughs> we have facts. to, <laughs> but you know, back to the point of that mindset, I do think that's very, very important for us to challenge the mindsets of some things that were passed. Again, values have been great in terms of working hard, taking care of your family. Um, right. But the mindset, uh, I'll give one example that I've said before. One of the mindsets that Black community has passed down again and again and again is to work twice as hard. You've heard it, to get what? half as much. I'm like, no, Half as much. No, I'm mm-hmm. like, I work twice as hard and I expect twice as much. I mean, hell, I'm gonna be like this. i like, mean, going be like the white guys. They work twice as hard and expect 10 times as much. Ten times That's what I much. want. And, I
0: go. <laughs> and then I, man, I got in the air force, air force taught me a whole new mantra. They said work harder, not work smarter, not harder. So yep. essentially if you can make your mind do it and put it together, there's no reason why you should be physically in the space doing it yourself, you know? So Amen. like, yeah. Using that mind works smarter, not harder as well. Yeah. I'm definitely not going back to that. When <laughs> you got everybody out here running up a check. I can't do it.
1: <laughs> so uh, tell me about transitioning from serving in the military to being an entrepreneur. Uh, it sounds like you didn't learn some good lessons about uh, your mindset, but I imagine it had to be a little bit of a challenge, especially moving from a, uh, a military schedule where you have essentially things mapped out in a very structured way than having to go out. And you didn't, you, you all, you didn't, you didn't just go get a job. You went to be an entrepreneur, which is really the diametrically opposite to having a structure. Opposite. It's like you, you, you figure out what your structure you is. Create
0: that structure. Yeah. Right, what was the right, challenge
1: right. with that? Or, or was it, or was it so, not a challenge because you had that structure kind of taught to you in the military?
0: Right. And see, that's exactly what I was going to say. So for me, I feel like the challenge came more on, like figuring out the business aspect of it. I think the discipline and putting in the hours, I already kind of learned that from the military. In the military, you're taught to do more with less. So um, within business model, within my business model, I pretty much did the same thing. And I I believe that's what kind of made me successful within my first couple of years is because we really did more with less. Like I would be the dispatcher, the packer, the driver that dropped it off. I'm everything in the beginning, at least for the first year or year and a half, it was on me, you know? And it would be so funny because people would call in and then they'd be like, you know, hey, I may have an issue with this product. I'm like, hold on, let me get you to the manager. And then I'm picking back up the phone, like, hello. <laughs> did, you,
1: did, did you change your voice? Like, hold on. Hold course, to the manager. Of course,
0: of course, of course, of course. I had to switch it up every now and then and, and, and change the voice or pass the phone to my shorty, have my shorty talk. But, you know, like in the beginning, you got to do those different things because like for me, I didn't know how to create a payroll. I didn't know how to create budgets and things like that yet. Um, so I had to really learn each aspect of the industry that I was in, um, just so that when it was time for me to put people in place, could nobody tell me nothing crazy, you know? So right. that transitional part was, that was the, I don't want to say the was the, um, yeah. That, and, and, you know, I said it on, on IG the other day. I said, you know, sometimes as entrepreneurs,
1: we make it look too easy.
0: I wish I could have like taken y'all through that piece too. You know what yeah, I mean? It's swim. 10
1: times harder than uh, what it looks like.
0: Yeah, people out yeah, here, I'm,
1: most people are perfect about the entrepreneurial lifestyle mm-hmm. and lying about it. Yeah,
0: it is not. It is not. And and I don't say that to turn people away from no. it because I feel like it's a very freeing, freeing thing, but you got to know how to control and understand those freedoms and know that Yes, you may have freedoms, but you still need some sort of structure. You still got to wake up every day. You still got to answer the phone calls. You still got to do things to actually make that entrepreneurial lifestyle work. You have to be and, the
1: hunter. I mean, I think that's the difference mm-hmm. between being because you still often have to work when you have a job and get up a certain time. But like yeah. nobody, it's not nobody else is going to figure out how nobody's, nobody's giving you in. that opportunity. Yeah, no. you know what I mean. And you got to go out there in, and call, call. Yeah. Call, mm-hmm. and call, pick
0: up them phone and then don't make it to where you have a staff and people who depend on you and people you have to take yeah. care of. Then the stress is even more because now you're the last person to eat as an entrepreneur. Yep. I think, I think people forget that piece. Like I don't get my checks until everybody on my team eats, you know, until everybody on my team eats, because I know, and I understand that that's my workforce. Like that, that's the people who who keep me in, in place and keep me sane and make sure the operations move the way it needs to. So you always want to make sure your team eat first. And then, you know, you eat on the back end. Sometimes that, that plate ain't that big. Yep. Sometimes it's huge, you know, exactly. But you gotta, you gotta roll with the punches as they come.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's a story or, or moment that you can disclose? Cause I know you were also intelligence um, mm-hmm. in the military that really stuck out with you. Like that was a, maybe a transformational moment that applied that you've applied that through life or you've applied that through your business. If you can think of one.
0: Oh yeah. No, you know, um, there's a time that stands out to me. I went to a commander's call one time and um, my commander brought a little rubber ducky out. (laughs) He brought a little rubber ducky out. and He put it on the podium and um, his speech was, he said, you know, um, some people may look at this and try to call it um, a woodpecker or a a bird or, you know, I call it a duck. It's a rubber ducky, you know, so uh, his mantra was, you call it what it is. You call a duck a duck. You call a spade a spade. Um, and I feel like that's helped me out throughout my business and personal life because you cut a lot of the minutiae out. You know, a lot of times things can be handled when you go direct, when you have those direct conversations. Um, and in business, sometimes those are those conversations that are the hardest that people don't like to have. But you call a duck a duck. You know, as the boss, sometimes you, you even if it's family, like I've had family work for me, my sisters probably hate me right now. Nah, they love me, but but in the beginning, like one of like my very close sister was working with me. She was like my, you know, my yeah. Right I don't do family
1: butt. in business too much. My yeah. mother works in yeah, but mother works with me only because she's like my accountant. But like she's helped me, but like right. It, my, but but that's only because she's my accountant for support. Really, she she's just doing yeah. it to help. But like uh, beyond that, I don't. It's yeah, tough,
0: tough. You know, and and you got to do that as the boss. You got to call a duck a duck. If it doesn't work um you can't you can't keep so you have to fire family and oh for sure for sure yes for sure i know like, i love you but you like, gonna see just, this interview and be like oh my god
1: i love you but we can't but, yeah. but but like you that's how businesses end up failing though mm-hmm. right if you, you can't like you can support your family you, like this is the reason mm-hmm. why i can support you but like what you can't do is have someone nobody's above the, the business no.
0: Yeah. Nobody's a the business. And that's a mantra that we have on our walls. Like nobody's not even me, you know, yeah. even the person who created it. Like if I'm in the way I'm going to somebody's going to tell me I need to step out the way to make sure that the process moves to that next level. Um, and, and that's what I built my team on. That's what I built the company on is we call a duck a duck. And that nobody's bigger than the business, you know? Cause this is how we plan on feeding generations and generations and like creating it. that generational wealth. So we want to make sure that we keep that intact. So you, you, I'm not the CEO, you know, um, Miss Ayanna Young, she's our CEO. So she does a lot of the regulating. She's the one that puts on that chop hat, what it means to, you know, yeah. um, but we've built this team out um, to be this, you know, for me, like I said, I started off as uh, just in my garage, literally, being the one packing the product, putting the product, talking to the customer, doing everything, and then we kind of expanded it to um, now we have it to where um, it's like women, le- it's like a woman led um, business, which I I'm all for. You know, I yeah. have five sisters, um, and then Ms. wow, Young, wow, like said, she, that's my, why you raised she, had two older so. sisters. So yeah. Yeah, and then I, I know you know women just they 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 got that they know that they you know me I play the operation role like I, I'm more hands on I can get things done but
1: you and I are keeping things in order yeah.
0: yeah 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 oh oh you like the CEO uh,
1: yeah yeah that's more my thing and yeah 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 I yeah. like
0: that operation side I like to split it off like let that makes the CEO kind of make everything you know work how I need to work in and then I will make sure that we could bring the money through the door.
1: Well, that's important. Usually the CEO does that. That's interesting. Like, so that's a, mm-hmm. that's an interesting paradigm. So, uh, what's, a what's some advice you would give your younger self knowing the things, you know, now it can be before, uh, the business, before your, uh, your service in the air force. And what mm. advice would you ignore?
0: Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> so what advice would I give myself? Um, Honestly, you know, the younger me, I would have probably told myself to save more. You know, my dad passed away when I was young. So I, I had a lot of money at a young age just from um my my pops passing away. You know, so it, it should have put me in a better situation. Um, but it didn't, you know, I was young and dumb and I blew it. <laughs> so essentially I went to the military um because I was tired of paying for school out of pocket and running out of money and stuff like that. So I think for me, I would tell my younger self to just slow down a little bit and save a little bit more. Um, it could have probably saved me a lot of little headaches throughout the way, but I feel like those kind of made me who I am as well. So sure. sometimes I wouldn't want to change that. And um,
1: what's some good advice? Um, I didn't say good advice advice you would ignore. Uh, People give all types of advice. <laughs> right,
0: right, so, right, right, I didn't say know. it was good. Oh, okay, so so the advice that I would I would I would recommend everybody ignore is the fear advice. Like you are gonna have a million people that you tell your idea to. One, it, I only speak about my idea once. Like that's another good thing I tell people too. The more you talk about something, the more you start fantasizing that you're actually doing it, and you're not. You know, you speak about it once, and then you put a plan in place to actually do it. And then as you do it, you can kind of see like, you know, your, your (laughs) ins and outs. So I would stay away from the fear speech. You know, one time I told, uh, one of my, um, ex friends about an idea that I wanted to do, and they started placing kind of like their fears on me, which made me then, you know, look at the industry, like, "Mm, should I, should I not, you know, I almost missed out on a bag because they weighed their fears on me, you know, so. I would just watch out for the fair speech. And then everybody has their opinion. Leave it at that. Let that be their opinion. If you feel like you're, if you have mapped out this goal and one plus one equals two, then you need to go ahead and explore how to get one and plus one and to make it two.
1: Yeah. I really want to talk about the point you made with the expert you had that put their fears on you. When I talk to anybody about success, uh, I say the most important ingredient, one of them, is the people you surround yourself with mm-hmm. the people you surround yourself with are really going to determine your future, your, your, your future period. Oh, that's facts. Because, yep. right. Because in scientific studies have shown the people that are around you literally rewire your brain. So if you go on and try to say you're in an environment that you think you disagree with um, and everybody just has these crazy beliefs and you go in every single day with the resistance of, I'm going to keep the way I feel, I'm going to do this. Science says otherwise, that no matter how hard right. you try, eventually your beliefs will start to conform with a group without you even realizing it. Without because people, it. people affect us. We're tribal by nature. So exactly. if you're hanging around, if you're hanging around losers, you, if you got if you got around eight losers, time. you're going to be the night. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> no, I think, I, fact, I, and I think this, he also said, like, if you hang around 10 broke Negroes. You're gonna be the eleventh. Like it's gonna be the eleventh. <laughs> yeah, because that's and how then, it works. And then the thing is, that's how you elevate as well as
0: you got to elevate your circles. Because yep. what I've learned is, like my circle that I had in high school isn't the same circle I had in college. Isn't the Nor same circle I had in the Air Force. Isn't the same circle that I have now. As, a, as an adult, and I need to, as an adult, figure out how to get from that. I right, know now you have four million. How do you get to ten million? How do you get to twenty million? Yep. And it's about all about the circles that you surround yourself with. Because those opportunities come up within those circles sometimes. So, and people you know, get this you're twisted. absolutely
1: right. It, people get this twisted, mm-hmm. like, Oh, are you saying you cut off family? I'm only saying cut off family if they're toxic, right? Because right? if they're fact. toxic, if they're toxic, like they're family, but like that, we ain't like, but it's too stressful. i is too-, <laughs> too stressful. Like-, <laughs> like life is too stressful, even if you're not an entrepreneur. Like, it's, mm-hmm. if you being around toxic people, where's energy is real, right? That's and facts. we only have and it's finite. We don't, n- n- not you, not me. We don't have an infinite amount of energy. Like we're not God. So like people come to us and their emotional energy, it drags on us. They're negative. They're mm-hmm. the mental energy. And if, if the relationship isn't one that's building you in some way, like to me, it also doesn't have to be all of my, I, I, make this be very clear. All of my relationships don't have to be like, you're helping me in an economic way. There are right. other ways you no, no, can no. help and yeah. support, right? You can help for emotionally for sure. support like all those things. Mm-hmm. But if it's not about, uplifting and, and moving in some positive direction if if it's not if that's not the dynamic of the relationship why do i have the relationship
0: right <laughs> no 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 and that's absolutely fact because you got to evaluate that especially for me like I, i'm an empath so i like to help people i like to like put people in position try to put people in in place to win and a lot of times those energies aren't always the best um, no. and me as an empath i need people who can actually feed that piece of me mentally, you know, like mentally stimulate me, Th- that that's what kind of gets you to that next level, because our minds are always thinking, always working, always trying to figure out what that next move is to make sure that, you know, we get to that next level. So you always want somebody feeding that machine with positivity, good energy, because you do give out a lot. And you're absolutely right. It's not a situation where you have infinite energy.
1: No. So Kern, what does what does the next level look like for higher collection? Like what what does the journey look like? Uh, there, there, there's yeah. no ultimate success path in terms of like right okay, here and this success, but five to ten years from now, what would what would you feel is 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 success for you in that moment in terms of your journey?
0: So for me, I feel like within five um, to ten years, I would love to have like a, a space. I would love to have a school, um, a transitional school space that teaches. Um, shows people how to do things that, you know, we weren't traditionally taught. Like for me, I I also own cattle. I I have a whole farming side to me that um, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, I wouldn't have known unless you got a farm in California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 acres, 20 acres with (laughs) cattle as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so, you know, for me, I wouldn't have known anything about that until, you know, shout out to Mr. Cleveland, my my black rancher mentor, he put me on in 2016. He was like, you know what? I need you to go get a brand, go get your cattle brand. So you right. know, we have our own brand that goes on our cattle. Um, he said for tax purposes, I need you to get in the uh into the into the agriculture industry. Cause what the government will do is pay you to feed people. And he has not <laughs> he has not shown me anything wrong since. So what I want to do is I want to create an atmosphere. That can give this knowledge to other people because if you're not in the room, you don't understand that the government will give you a loan of up to three hundred thousand for equipment. You pay over forty to sixty years. Oh you know, wow! They'll give you yeah, they'll give you uh, uh, up to two million dollars to purchase farmland uh, as long as you put it into production within a certain amount of time. Like agriculture is kind of like the backbone to the United States, so. A lot of times I want to teach people just the the knowledge that I've known and then put people within the space that can teach people more knowledge, you know, because that's really what it's about. Uh, You don't know what you do not know. So I'm hoping within the next five or 10 years, I have a space where we can actually teach people um, what it is they need to know, you know, probably help out some of our homeless veterans, bring them within the space, get them into a transitional program that can kind of ease some of our infrastructure issues. I don't know if you've seen lately at the ports, you know, people are backed up almost three, four five days waiting for trucks to get loaded up wow. and stuff like that. You know, uh, I feel like the veteran population was used to fight war overseas. Now we have a huge war kind of going on here in the United States where you have, you have ships actually circling in, in the sea, like in the Pacific Ocean, just because they don't have any place to come um, and offload on the West Coast. So,
1: Ah, things like that wow yeah
0: and it's all about and it's all about workforce you know the workforce is becoming the issue so we want to champion that we want to get it we want to get ahead of it because we see it being an issue you see everybody's talking about going autonomous now like you know starting to put robots in place and self-driving vehicles and you know trying to get rid of the workforce but we know what america was built on you know what i mean (laughs) so
1: no no I, i agree with you and i'm um part of why I'm in web three is to empower people. We have similar, Mm -hmm. our our how's are different, but our, our why's pretty much the same. It's about empowering people. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, oh, I just got through with a really good book. And and if you got um, it's called homo deus, I don't like everything he says at the beginning Mm -hmm. uh, about everything, but he's very good in terms of talking about like, it's 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 called a brief history of the future about where we could Mm -hmm. go. And it's about, it it is about uh, AI about the fact that, you know, there's the new religion around uh, data science, that, that religion is everything and that not a religion, that data is everything and that it data, is everything right, right. It is in a way, but they do it as such a, as, such as is a religion, right. That is mm-hmm. data, the most important. Uh, and then is data more important? Is that the most important thing for us for as humans? The second question is, uh, is it more important to have intelligence or to be conscious uh, and mm-hmm. that's important because the, what the scientific community now is decoupling those two to say. Oh, no they are con- to make it. You don't no need separate. consciousness. You don't you right. know need consciousness. We just need intelligence and we can use machines for that. And the third is what happens when um, these systems, these uh, artificial intelligence systems and organizations know more about ourselves than we do? What we happens do. to humanity at that point, right? And how much control right. do we give them? Anyway, I get into that I have to say that. You know, we have to be involved and aware of what's going on because innovation is not slowing down. I I do think a lot of jobs will be, I'm not championing this, but I'm just human nature will be automated. Perhaps a bunch of new industries will be created on top of that, but maybe not. We've also never seen such rapid change so fast. And we've never seen traditionally the jobs that have been uh, replaced have been manual labor to have us replace uh, to use our brains more. But what happens when. Artificial intelligence can think think for us. Then what happens? Right. <laughs> so and like, it's what, like. No, and that's
0: facts. Yeah. That's a, I have yeah, no because, idea. Because you got to even think like in the metaverse too. Like, you know, I, I've just started getting more and more into the metaverse. And I'm like, yeah. this is crazy. You could literally, I, I had a meeting in the metaverse the other day. Went into a meeting room. Tell me about in where the was Oculus.
1: That In the Oculus. Okay, yeah, so,
0: yeah. 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 So, so, you know, with the Oculus, you can pretty much set up meeting rooms. Folks can come in and you can actually have a meeting with people from, Whether it's other states, other countries, and you could actually like walk up to a board, draw on the board if you wanted to. I could go sit at the computer and check my email. It's pretty interesting. Like. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is definitely.
1: I I have an Oculus here, but I've never used it. So I I might have to. Oh, you
0: have to. You got. I'm in the metaverse stuff, but I
1: haven't even used the Oculus, right? Like, I'm actually. No, you have to. All right. That's good to know. Like, you had a meeting on the metaverse. All right. We're going to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can create pretty much virtual uh, reality meeting rooms, set it up how you want. We could be at the spa. We could be at the Lamborghini dealership if we wanted to. We could change the background. And then like, uh, for me, I, I actually have meetings at my office in the metaverse. So essentially I can invite people into the meeting. I'm sitting in front of my computer. Do they have to have, have Oculus? Now. Oh, yes, sir. Yep. 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 And then
1: so.
0: I can like check my email right in the metaverse. It's pretty crazy.
1: That is pretty crazy. So, all right. So I want to get to some, uh, some lightning round questions as we get ready to uh, wrap up. Oh, so good. let's, all uh All right. <coughs> What's an important conviction you have that very few people agree with you on?
0: Hmm. Important conviction that I have that very few people agree with me on. Yeah, that's um, a question on
1: purpose. That is a tough <laughs> one. Oh, Lord.
0: Okay. A, a conviction that I have that very few people agree. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. I don't know. People don't, people don't agree with that. <laughs> That, okay, um, but That people, is a good question. I don't know. I need an example <laughs> of that. Like, like what? What? what's an example of the conviction? I think I'll give you one. If I that. got a good example.
1: I think that most people believe that uh, they are inherently good, but they're a lot worse than they think they are and could be in the right situation. So when you look at a situation like Nazi Germany and, mm-hmm. and people look at like, well, how could all those people go along with such a horrible practice, I'll say very easily, because that's what humans do. And when you're in a, right. when you're in a situation, you'd be surprised. Most, of, most people wouldn't do the noble thing that they think they would if it meant their survival. If it right? meant their survival. If it Whoa, meant their okay. survival. Right. So like, and, and so like I would, so like, and people look at sla- like slavery was cool for about what, three, 400 years. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, in the, <laughs> and then the practice is right. brutal and people accepted the truth. because and people accepted it. Because people will tell themselves lies about how good they are and rarely see, they'll, they'll, they'll automatically see how bad others are, but they'll rarely see how bad they are and they're they never are. as good, including myself, as we believe that we are. As we believe it.
0: And so on that, on that same conviction, for me, I always say, I, I, I never ask people, um, like, tell me three three good things about yourself. Like I always want to know people's bad all the time. I, I never ask anybody anything good about themselves. So, so, that could be something that most people don't agree with me on because I don't want to know what you feel like is good about yourself. Let me know what's bad, you know, because anybody can say like what's great about themselves. I could do that all day long, but yeah, I do do that myself. I never, I never really want to know the good things about you. Like, let me know the bad things. Like. Like you have bad time management or you, you like to gamble and you like to waste money. You know what I mean? Because those yep. are the type of things that you want to know just so I know how I got to deal with you. Um, and I won't put you in certain situations that are triggering things that you know you're right, bad at. Right. So, that's a hard question so to so answer though, so man. That could be it. Yeah, so
1: that, that, that's a hard. If you ask that question in an interview, <clears> there's <throat> right ways and wrong ways to answer that. But if, right. I, I think what you're looking for is self-awareness, right? Like self-awareness right. to see if someone is self-aware of areas about where they shouldn't, where they should play. I shouldn't play. Now, I can answer that question easy. Like what Rob shouldn't yeah. do is operations. That's not me. Right. right. So like, it's like, I'm not the operations right. person. I'm the vision person. Uh, can I do operations? Yeah. But that's not where, that's not where you want me. Like you don't that's want me in operations. You, you, at, yeah. you don't want me in CFO. What you do want me is you, you do want me to bring in the money. You want me to lead the vision. Right. You want me to set up the basic structure for how things are going to work to create an environment right. that will create innovation, but you do not want me to be the CLO, like that's that's the never. COO. Like right, somebody right. say CLO, I'll be like, nope, I'm not your person. Nope. <laughs> CFO, nope, I'm not your person. If it's a marketing job, I can do that. If it's a, if it's right, a leadership right, right. job, uh, rallying people, rallying a vision, bringing an organization, I can do that. Um, and again, right. I can not that I don't understand and appreciate operations, I I, I really really do. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a I'm working with a startup company, I've had to really dive into it. But that's not right. where my natural skill set lies. So I mean, I just tell people that question requires you to understand, to be self-aware and to know how to, to have gone through that introspection. Most people don't. Right. I think that's the other thing that, right. that kind of no, goes, goes to my question earlier. Like you go through the introspection, like, yes, I'm like, I hope I would have made the right decision in those situations, but no right. one can guarantee that they would No because they like, haven't
0: been in that situation. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Right. Like, people, like, I mean, people are adamant you know, about like, I would have stopped slavery. And I tell people, probably not, especially people that say it like that. Probably not. Because you don't
0: know how much work that would have took. And then are you willing to do that work? You know? Like, do you
1: do the work now for social justice or risk anything? Like, right. uh, Like <laughs> right. if you're not doing, if you're not taking a lot of risk on social justice right now, I can guarantee you, See, you, you would you not have taken a position against slavery. had the whips. <laughs> nah, yeah, because it doing. would have been, it would have meant that you would have had to risk your privilege and wealth. And people mm-hmm. don't normally do that. Wanna do that fact. Which is human nature again. So anyway, right. all right. So um other questions. So you have a mm-hmm. committee of three. These can be uh living, dead to advise you on business, life. Who are these people and why?
0: Oh, I think I would go with Kobe Bryant first. Okay. One, he's he's my favorite basketball player, but to his work his work ethic was really what 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 drove me to um be so in tune with him um so one would he definitely be Cody. yeah it, it, insane work ethic so i would just want to be able to pick his brain and understand that discipline aspect of it um and how he kept that up for so long so um how many people you said three
1: three that's that's one
0: yeah yeah so that's one number two um i think i would love to sit with Tupac you know, oh, um,
1: Pac.
0: Yeah, 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 Pac. Because I, I felt like he was a visionary, um, way past his time.
1: Like uh, you from California, I yeah, that, yeah. You're a Pac person. Yeah. That makes and, sense. And, and and
0: and that's the thing. I'm from New York. That's the wait. Oh, you from New York? From oh, wait, York. wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, wow. You, yeah, you yeah, traded yeah, to your call. I live in Cali, but I was raised yeah. in New York. Tupac yeah, over yeah, Biggie. Yeah, okay, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know the thing with with Pac is I felt like Pac just was more of a visionary, big. I, of course, being from Brooklyn, I love Biggie, but Biggie showed me everything that I wasn't when I was a kid. I wasn't on the corner. I wasn't. I didn't do none of that stuff. You know what I mean? I think for Pac, it was more of the vision and what we could be as a people and as a community if we just got our shit together. But, you yeah. know, like like I that's felt like that, that's we kind we lost of what I get with
1: Tim and Nipsey was just such a. We lost these brothers before they got a chance to really make an impact because I think they would have made of mean, obviously Nipsey already did and. Uh, mm-hmm. Tupac's legacy is still with us, but I think he could have done so much more how he lived longer.
0: Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And then third would be, um, yay, honestly. I would love to okay. probably sit down with, with Kanye. What would you um, ask Kanye? A,
1: what would you ask Kanye? Well, Kanye's you know, a, he's on the podcast. Hey, yay, we're talking to you. Kurt, got a question. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, well, you
0: know, I would love to hear, um, I would love to hear why uh, around some of his moves, you know, even with support of Donald Trump, you know, I'm not necessarily... <laughs> I wasn't necessarily against that. I just wanted to know the outside the box thinking for that, because, you know, a lot of people will will, will hate me for it. But, you know, I identify with Republicans, Democrats and independents. I'm not a, a wholehearted Democrat. I'm not a wholehearted Republican. I feel like there are certain aspects of every party yeah. that could benefit um, us as a culture if we embraced it more. But um, Kanye was really starting something. And folks really shut it down because nobody wants to think outside of that box. Nobody wants, everybody wants to be a Democrat. But what is a Democrat? Like, what exactly does that entail? Does it save your taxes? No. Does it help you get to that next level as an entrepreneur? No. You know, like, what does it do? What does it do for you? Does it help you with social justice? Or is it just a title that we're running under because everybody else run under it? human nature, like you said, you know? So for me, I would just want to know, like, that outside the box thinking that made him take that you know, leap of courage in everything that he does, you know, he went and got on the board of Gap, like Gap, Gap used to sell their clothes for like $9 to $19.99. I went and yeah. Gap the other day, there was a sweater for $140. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what? You know, but those outside of the box visionaries are definitely people I would love to tap into because I feel like that's where you um, gain the empowerment is when you start thinking outside of that uh, box that people try to place you in.
1: Yep. no I, I i agree with that i mean I, I I really think black folks have to be very strategic about how they approach everything right it's about you have to you have to be like because them
0: every other race is every other race is strategic about how they approach everything even something as simple as picking their judicial individuals within their own neighborhood courts like you know yeah. like best believe somebody's golfing with that judge on sunday <laughs> like you know what I mean no. the golf course i completely agree
1: with them I mean, it's 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 all a game. I mean, I had a mm-hmm. belief. I think I think Donald Trump was super crazy. So, but but mm-hmm. I but uh, <laughs> so I, I think he's an outlier to he's all of this. Uh, he was. I mean, like I just yeah, I think he was dangerous. Yeah, no, everybody. I
0: feel like he was a disruptor. I feel like he went in there. It was to definitely disrup- a disruptor. Democracy, it's about sure. how one yep. does
1: it, right? Like I think he was disrupting mm-hmm. for chaos and attention. But like yeah, I disrupt, sure. yeah, I disrupt for empowerment. Uh, so disruption is fine. But I also think to your point it really helped expose some things in the system. So what I, you know, at, at the That's end of the day, probably. like we gotta, we gotta hold people accountable too. So like, uh, we gotta hold Democrats accountable, which we, we vote overwhelmingly for. Um, and look, I've run as a Democrat before, but I also, you know, I'm out, out of the system. So I, I'm gonna give my honest assessment to say that we gotta hold everybody right. accountable and we have Thanks. to be involved in the process. And we gotta have some support from Republicans because you can't do anything in America. Without so- a- without them right and republicans do this better than democrats like they hold the line and so even when democrats to the i mean you, so like i'm gonna so what do, you gonna this. do? Then, so what you gotta they do will is do nothing they will do nothing and you know and and so that makes them a force even when they're not the majority they, they stick, stick together. together they stick together like they stick together so you can't do anything without republican buy in at some point uh mm. so if we can get to the point where we're non emotional about this and we figure out how we're moving in a strategic manner, I'm all for it because there are some things you can get accomplished when you get both parties on board and that's where we need to go. And I would love to be the, the only thing I didn't like about the current uh, the the current debate in the last election was that, you know, Trump was so far, like, I was like, all right, there's some things I'm not going to compromise. <laughs> like he talks about right. us, like we not existing, but like, I think Kanye, right. I think Kanye to the point, but I never really went after Kanye and said this or that because I'm assuming Kanye either one has some type of strategy, even if it was helping his brand, like he went out there and he did some stuff, and I don't agree with it, but like black people right. can have a different opinion. It's okay. <laughs> like and it's o- <laughs> yeah, and that, right? and okay. It's okay. Like right. he can have a different opinion from me. Uh, and I can still respect respect his opinion. You know, I can respect his opinion and I can still respect everything he's done and not. Write him and cancel him off because I don't agree with his vote, even his no vote, matter how controversial. Right. Like because Kanye has also done a body work because a lot of people criticizing him haven't done half the things he's done for the black community at all.
0: Period. At all. like <laughs> right? Period. And the fact that he became a billionaire doing it like you know what I mean yeah. like so and he's helped so and employed
1: he, a lot of black people too so like mm-hmm. at the end of and the then, day and,
0: and then he realized and then he realized what he needed to get into them rooms like you yeah. can't get into certain rooms unless you do have that be behind your your price tag
1: you know yeah. like and, and he leveraged to get there off of off of mm-hmm. just the hustle in his I think Kanye no matter what I don't agree with everything Kanye's a genius man he Genius, is a, man. he is a he is genius. high level next mm-hmm. level genius and I would definitely sit down and have nothing but respect uh, for what he's accomplished in his vision and what he's done. Uh, so, uh, final question, uh, you have a billboard, uh, or a Google ad that that summarizes your, 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 your statement or your belief or your saying in life, what does that say?
0: Um, nobody's bigger than the business. <laughs> nobody's bigger than the business. You know? Yep. And I think I stick to that because, again, this is how we want to create our generational wealth. We want to pass this from generation to generation. So you got to make that your plateau and you got to support that and you got to put that in place and make sure that that stays strong and and keep pushing forward. So that would probably be like huge for me is nobody's bigger than the brand, nobody's bigger than the business.
1: Cool. Kurt Alexander, it's been a pleasure to have you on Disruption Now. Appreciate you, man. Definitely.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great night.
1: Thank you.